Because yesterday was a lot of work, a lot of weeds, and a lot of stuff. And uh, again, I want to thank you as well to all those that came out and helped. And uh, it's, uh, it's great to, to dress up the house of God. Uh, amen? So if you can help, uh, probably Thursday I'll have the, the mulch delivered, and we'll work on that Thursday and Friday. If you're available, just let me know that. That'd be great. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm number 32. We're going to get there in just a moment. But uh, someone, a friend of mine, had sent me uh, an email that just seemed appropriate for our workday yesterday. It's a little conversation that probably didn't actually happen, but uh, it could happen. And uh, this is God and St. Francis having a conversation. God said, Francis, you know all about gardens and nature. What in the world's going on down there on that planet Earth? What happened to all my dandelions and violets and milkweeds and stuff I started eons ago? I had a perfect no-maintenance garden plan. Those plants grow in any kind of soil, withstand drought, and multiply with abandon. The nectar from the long-lasting blossoms attracts butterflies and honeybees and flocks of songbirds. I expected to see a vast garden of colors by now. All I see are these green rectangles. St. Francis, it's the tribes that settled there, Lord, the suburbanites. They started calling your flowers weeds and went to great lengths to kill them and replace them with grass. Grass? But it's so boring. It's not colorful, it doesn't attract butterflies, birds, bees, only grubs and sodworms. It's sensitive to temperature. Do these suburbanites really want all that grass growing there? Well, apparently so, Lord. They go to great pains to grow it, keep it green. They begin each spring by fertilizing grass and poisoning any other plant that crops up in the lawn. Well, the spring rains and warm weather probably make grass grow really fast. That must make the suburbanites happy. Apparently not, Lord. As soon as it grows a little, they cut it. Sometimes twice a week. They cut it? What, do they then bale it like hay? Uh, Not exactly, Lord. Most of them rake it up and put it in bags. They bag it? Why? Is it a cash crop? Do they sell it? No, sir, just the opposite. They pay to throw it away. (laughs) Now, let me get this straight. They fertilize grass so it'll grow, and when it does grow, they cut it off and pay to throw it away. Yes, sir, Lord. Well, these suburbanites must be relieved in the summer when we cut back on the rain and turn up the heat. They surely, that surely slows the growth and saves them a lot of work. You aren't going to believe this, Lord. <laughs> when the grass stops growing so fast, they drag out hoses and pay more money to water it. So they can continue to mow it and pay to get rid of it. That's crazy. Well, at least they kept some of the trees. That was a sheer stroke of genius, if I do say so myself. The trees grow leaves in the spring to provide beauty and shade in the summer. In the autumn, they fall to the ground and form a natural blanket to keep moisture in the soil and protect the trees and bushes. It's a natural cycle of life. You better sit down, Lord. (laughs) The suburbanites have drawn a new circle. As soon as the leaves fall, they rake them into great piles and pay to have them hauled away. No. What do they do to protect the shrub and tree roots in the winter to keep the soil moist and loose? Oh, after throwing away the leaves, they go out and buy something which they call mulch. 
They haul it home and spread it around in place of the leaves. And where do they get this mulch? Oh, they cut down trees and grind them up to make the mulch. All right, I've heard enough. I'm going to go do something else. The circle of life. Unbelievable. And so, since we are a suburbanite church, we're getting mulch. So, Psalm 32. This is a psalm of David. And David here touches on what I would consider to be the most powerful force that God has ever introduced onto planet Earth. This force, in fact, I've even titled the message, is the force with you. And what I'm talking about is the power of forgiveness. There is no greater force on the planet Earth. It is greater than any laser beam. It's greater than the force of gravity. It's greater than any nuclear power. It is the most amazing force that the planet has ever seen. And it's something that the enemy cannot stop. Forgiveness. Because when we begin to release forgiveness into the lives of other people, or we we come to God and ask God to forgive us of who we are and what we've done and where we've been and all the different things in our lives, a transformation takes place that only forgiveness can do and that only God can, can activate in our lives. The power of forgiveness. Let's see what David says about this. For David was certainly a man that needed forgiveness in several areas. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Verse 6, therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all who are upright in heart. The power of forgiveness. I see three things happening in this psalm. The first thing is, deals with our past. And uh, before I get too much farther along, let me just define quickly for you what, what the word forgiveness means uh, to uh, Webster in his dictionary. He says, it is to cease to feel resentment against an offender. To give up resentment of or claim to requital for an offense. To grant relief from payment of a debt. That's what happens when God forgives you. The offense is gone. 
There are three things that happen when forgiveness takes place. Number one, it, it generates or creates a situation where there is the elimination of your past. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. The elimination of your past. In Psalms 103, it says that, that God puts your sin as far as the east is from the west. He gets rid of it. Your past is eliminated. Now, the consequences of your past may not be eliminated. If you have, God forbid, killed someone or you have hurt someone and they have passed on and and you can't go to them and correct it or whatever, the consequences may still be there. The reality is still there, but your perspective changes. This is so important to understand. Because you see, the enemy wants you to believe that nothing will ever change. You are a failure. You are a sinner. You are a liar. You are a cheat. You are a mess. And God says, no, they're not. That's my child. They have come to me and asked me to forgive them of all that stuff, and I have done just that. As far as I'm concerned, they are righteous the way I look at them. And that's the huge difference. It's my perspective on life. The enemy likes to remind us, has the enemy ever reminded you of any of your failures or sins? Has he ever done that? Sure he has. Probably every day. Every time I prepare to preach, I have to, I just pray, Lord, cover me once again with the blood of Christ so that I may be able to stand before you and before your people And allow your Holy Spirit to freely flow through me. And if you'll pray that on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit will begin to flow through you as a forgiven vessel and offer forgiveness to people that in your mind may not be forgivable. But that's not my job. That's not our responsibility. We let God handle that. Now, let me uh, show you a little illustration here. And uh, figure... I'll get brownie points if I use the easel like Pastor Darrell does. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But you see, the life of sinners. Now, what, let's, let's think a moment. What are some things that, that are true in the life of, of sinners? They live in a world of fear, doubt, unbelief. And worry. They live in a world of hatred, of lies, deceit, envy, strife, greed, pain. And I don't have enough paper to completely fulfill this entire list. Now, any of the things that I've listed here, have any of you ever had problems with any of those? Okay, we have a large church of perfect people, so that's cool. (laughs) That's pretty amazing, actually. Let's talk about lying for a minute. Uh, (laughs) The Bible tells me very clearly in Romans, for all... All. Now in the Greek, 
the word all means all. <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. All of us have gone through this. But the beautiful thing is that when, when the blood of Christ flowed and Jesus made a statement on the cross, one of the final statements he said as he looked down at these Roman soldiers that were crucifying him, he said what? Father, forgive them. Forgiveness flowed that day. And I'd like to think that God took all of this junk, all of this stuff that was in our lives, and he had plans to destroy it. And I don't know if God uses shredders or not, but I do. And so God began to stick it in the machine, and it began to disappear. And so it just kept going and going, it just kept disappearing. And it's gone, it's gone, as far as the east is from the West. So don't tell me, well, I'm a recovering sinner. No, you're not. You are a child of the Most High God because you are forgiven, you are righteous in the name of Christ. It's the blood of Christ that flowed down that cross and paid for your debt of sin. And the devil will go hunt in this stupid shredder and he'll open this thing up sometimes And he'll go, uh, I know it's in here. I know those sins are, I know, I know, it's got to be in here. Well, if you want to take the time to reconstruct that, go right ahead. But you see, my past is eliminated by the power of 1 John 1, 9. If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive you. Forgive you of your sin, and cleanse you from all, all unrighteousness, all of it. My past is gone. Do I remember my past? Sure. Does my past determine my future? No. Absolutely not. If that were true, none of us have a chance. It's all over. We might as well sell the property, split the money, and... Go play golf or something. I, you know, it's all, we're, there's no, we're done. And you see, the elimination of our past then allows God to begin to generate the empowerment of our present. Now, I have to share this story with you really quick because it gives such a great picture of how, well, the, what the enemy attempts to do in our lives with our past to impact our present. Listen to this. Richard Hofler's book, Will Daylight Come?, includes a a homey illustration of how sin enslaves and forgiveness frees. A little boy visiting his grandparents was given his first slingshot. He practiced in the woods, but he could never hit his target. Do not give a little boy a slingshot, number one. 
As he came back to Grandma's backyard, he spied her pet duck. On an impulse, he took aim and let fly. The stone hit the duck, and it fell dead. The boy panicked. Desperately, he hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his sister watching. (laughs) Sally had seen it all, but said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. (laughs) Don't you, Johnny? And she whispered to him, Remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help make supper. Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it. Again, she whispered, remember the duck. Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing. After several days of Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, finally he couldn't stand it. He confessed to Grandma that he'd killed the duck. I know, Johnny, she said, giving him a hug. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. Because I love you, I forgave you. I just wondered how long you would let Sally make a slave of you. It's a great story. How long are you going to let the devil make a slave of you? Oh, maybe God didn't see me do that. Yeah, maybe. What? God knows all about you. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He knows all about you and loves you anyway. That's the most amazing thing. And God's forgiveness has this power to empower our present-day lives. I want to show you a a quick little illustration the Lord just dropped in my heart. And uh, I began to think about this, this whole issue of forgiveness and and what it looks like and how it works and all of that. And it's like the Lord said, it's like a seed. Forgiveness is like a small seed. When When we ask God to forgive us, he places in our lives... A seed of forgiveness. And as we begin to grow and develop, root system begins to grow in the early stages of Christianity in our lives. And we, begin, we get grounded. And the word of God begins to make sense to us. We attend church and we fellowship with other believers. And it doesn't take very long before a tree begins to grow. Now, if I was drawing my tree, it'd be a little wider, but don't worry about it. And then the branches begin to appear. And then I ask myself, well, what's, what's the, what comes out of all of this, Lord? He said, go to Galatians 5. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, actually if you read prior to that, you can see the whole list of sinful nature. It gives you all the the horrible stuff. But verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, well, what are they? 
one second here. Love, joy, peace, patience. Thanks, that was very clear and understandable. That was great. <laughs> patience, kindness. kindness, here we go, kindness, goodness. Thank you. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Gentleness and self-control. That's what a forgiven person looks like. These are the qualities in the life of a forgiven person. The forgiveness, the seed of forgiveness has grown, has begun to develop. The branch appears, and then the fruit starts to appear. Do you know how I can tell if someone has, is living the forgiven life? Just cut them off in traffic. <laughs> See how they respond. And I want to challenge you. Pray for the people that cut you off in traffic, but, uh, but the prayer should not be, Dear God, let them have a flat tire run out of gas soon. <laughs> Let, Lord, vengeance is yours. Go for it. No, God bless them. They're in a hurry. They're probably, they probably are having a horrible day. And God be with them. God just bless them. And then you find out it was me that cut you off. So I, <laughs> but you see, the power of forgiveness will transform us. Instead of being the opposite of these things, instead of living our lives and producing hatred, sadness, Unrest, impatience, unkindness, evil, becoming irresponsible and unfaithful, becoming harsh and hard instead of gentle, self-control, that's a whole other story. But uh, to, to come out of that, the world stuff, to realize that Christ, his death on the cross has forgiven me and has set me free from my past. It's given me the power to live today and every day. Go back to Psalm 32 and let's look at that middle section there that I just, I just want to repeat uh, for you. Uh, Psalm 32, verses 6 and 7. Look at this. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you. How do you become godly? Get forgiven. While you may be found, surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble surrounding me with songs of deliverance. That's empowerment for daily living surrounded by. When, when the doctor gives you a, a word that says you have an issue or, or a, a disease or a problem, Father, I need you to surround me with songs of deliverance. When you lose your job and you walk out of that place and you're wondering, what am I going to do, Father? What am I going to do, Lord? How am I going to do this? Father, surround me with songs of deliverance. For you see, when you accept the forgiveness of God into your life, God takes full responsibility for you. You're one of his kids. As I was growing, as, or as our kids were growing up, Linda and I, Eric and Erica, as, as they were growing up, there were days we considered a recall. <laughs> Probably more so with Eric. Erica was God's gift for not killing Eric. So, But... Uh, Eric was a challenge. I mean, he was a challenge. He was strong-willed, and he was just a challenge. He was independently, 
He was independent spirit. He just, you know. But when Linda and I brought him home from the hospital, we accepted full responsibility. We still seem to have full responsibility. <laughs> and he's added his wife and, and our granddaughter Ariana and our grandson Ashton to that. And that's fine. God, I need songs of deliverance. But you see, you accept responsibility. God is not afraid to accept responsibility for your life because you are now one of his children. Before you were an orphan running around there going nuts. And the father of lies was, was trying to take care of you. And he is a horrible dad. Amen? How many of you know the devil is a horrible dad? He's pitiful. He's awful. How many of you realize God is an awesome father? God's a great dad. And when I trip and fall, when I fail, when I say things I shouldn't say, do things I shouldn't do, go places I shouldn't go, it's whatever. If I come back to God and say, Father, I know I've disappointed you and please forgive me. You say, you've said the most powerful word, the most powerful phrase in the world. Father, forgive me. And that's all God's waiting to hear. That's all he wants to hear. Forgive me. And then he'd grab you, take you up in his arms, and say, welcome back. I knew you'd be back. Because I know everything. I knew you'd be back. And I can still remember days when I was, I mean, just little, four or five years old. Again, I can still see it in my mind's eye. There would be a day when I, you know, I'd do something to, to disobey my mom. And, you know, she, she actually went around the house with a wooden spoon. I don't know if it was in a holster. No, it was in her apron. She had, wore an apron with a pocket and they had a wooden spoon. So she was ready for anything. I always thought that spoon was for cooking, but apparently not. So, you know, out would come the spoon, and I'd get whack, 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 and, you know, I'd be weeping. And... But then I would remember, I would, then I'd realize, you know, why did you do that? You disappointed mom, you upset her. That was ridiculous. And even as a four- or five-year-old, I would go back to my mom, be crying. I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd hug her leg or hug her and say, Mom, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Now, that wasn't, that wasn't a once-time, one-time situation, because little boys have very short memories. <laughs> but I understood the power of forgiveness, the power of confession, and the power of repentance, and the power of forgiveness. And I realized that, you know, to my mom's dying day, I realized what a powerful example she was in my life, and the importance of living your life without grudges, and without unforgiveness. Get rid of that stuff. Release the power in your life. Let God surround you with songs of deliverance. Let him forgive you, and then through that power, forgive others. And live your life free. Free. The final thing is what forgiveness does to our future. Forgiveness is the establishment of your eternity. You see Christ on the cross, Revelation 12, 11, 
They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I want you to go back to Psalm 32 again. And let's finish this chapter now with verse 8. The establishment of your eternity. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Don't be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. My future is set. Do you realize that the only thing that you're going to have in common with everybody in heaven is forgiveness? That's it. We are going to be able to run all over heaven and just shout, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Are you forgiven? Oh, yeah, I'm forgiven. We've all been forgiven. One of the greatest days in my life happened when I was about 10 years old at a kid's camp in uh, Lexington, Nebraska. We had a, uh, a kid's camp speaker. I, was, I think I was 10. We had a kid's camp speaker, a very healthy woman. And uh, she was a preaching machine. In those days, Pastor Merrill remembers kids' camp speakers back then. They, uh, they didn't have puppets. They didn't do magic tricks. They said, kids, if you don't accept Christ, you're going to split hell wide open. Well, none of us were looking to that, necessarily. You need to come down to this altar right now and give your life to Christ. I mean, and I was one of the, we came, and I accepted Christ at the age of 10. Can you imagine me not being saved at the age of 10? That could have been ugly. But the Lord, in his mercy, saved me early in life. He wanted to cover a multitude of sins, I'm sure. But you see, that night, when I knelt down and simply said, Father, please forgive me. I've ignored you. I've disrespected you. I have not acknowledged your son's death as payment for my sin. I have lived my life as if you didn't even exist. And for that, I am sorry. Father, please forgive me. I want to be your child. I want to be saved. I want to know that someday I will see you in heaven. God, I want to go to heaven a whole lot more than I want to go to hell. So, Father, would you forgive me? Cleanse me from all of my sin. And write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I believe that at that moment in time, Heaven stopped for just a split second. The angels began to rejoice because I wasn't the only kid accepting Christ. There was a bunch of us that night. 
And God echoed across the courtyards and the halls of heaven. Fred Job just accepted my son's death on the cross. Put his name in the Lamb's book of life. You remember the day you got saved? Heaven stopped for a split second. Your name passed the lips of God Almighty, the creator of the universe. The same mouth that created the world spoke your name. Because that's the only way you're going to get in the Lamb's book of life. That God would speak it. That God would declare he, she, they are forgiven. Let that sink into your spirit. Because that day, God planted a seed of forgiveness into my little heart. You know, I was scrawny when I was 10. It wasn't until I got married that I started to bulk up. But I'm sorry, honey. But God, God, at the age of 10, uttered my name across the courts of heaven and your name. Because you see, that's the only way you get in. You let God plant that seed of forgiveness into your life. And I just want to challenge you this morning. I'm going to ask Jonathan if he would come. There he is. If he would come and begin to play this song, I'm Forgiven. And as we sing that song, I want you to just kind of, kind of think about your situation. Where are you? in this forgiveness picture. Have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you prayed the sinner's prayer? If you have, that is awesome. And I praise God. Where are you in the growth process? Which of the, uh, which of the fruit of the Spirit are you producing on a pretty regular basis? Or are there some that are kind of shriveled up and need some help? Or maybe someone has hurt you along the path of life and you just you have such a hard time, and I thought about this even this morning, such a hard time. There have been people that have just bugged me or bothered or hurt me or taken advantage of me financially or whatever. And I just, you know, I just, all I have to do is hear their name or, or relate it to something to it. It's like something rises up and I just, oh, if I could see that person. God help me to overcome that. That's unforgiveness. That's, we need to get rid of that. Get rid of that. That will bind you up. It's like, it's like a, it becomes a seed of cancer in your spiritual life. And if you let that thing grow, you have to get rid of it. You've got to get rid of it. Maybe you accepted Christ a long time ago and it's gotten, gotten a little cold and, and a little distant. And, you know, that freshness isn't there anymore. Well, I want to encourage you. The Word of God, that Bible, that's miracle growth. These packets, if you've come to the Lord recently or maybe this will be your day, this packet contains a Bible and some other literature. It's going to be like miracle grow on that seed of forgiveness. You've got to feed it. You have to feed a seed for it to grow. 
then you've got to feed the plant on a regular basis. You've got to have fellowship with other believers. You've got to have church. You've got to, have, you've got to give. You've got to receive. It's all part of the process. But it all starts with accepting God's forgiveness. We're going to sing this chorus. I just want you to close your eyes and, and just allow the words of this song to minister to you for just a few moments. All right? Thank you. I'm forgiven because you are forsaken. I'm accepted. You are condemned. I'm alive and well. The Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Just sing that line again. Sing, I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned, and I'm alive and well. The Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. joy to honor you and all I do I honor you just sing it again I'm forgiven because I'm forgiven because you were I'm accepted I'm accepted you were
Father, we just honor you this morning. And Lord, in a few moments, Pastor Darrell will come, and before he provides the, gives us the blessing, Father, he's going to lead us in a very special prayer. But Father, in this moment, I pray that this church, Lord, would become a nursery for young believers, for new Christians. Father, I pray that we become a, a house of forgiveness. Lord, where people can come, sense the presence of the Almighty. Allow that seed of forgiveness to be placed deep in their spirit. And then, Father, we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, will be able to help that seed grow and flourish and begin to produce fruit of the Spirit. Father, that's our cry of my heart, the cry of Pastor Darrell's heart, the cry of Pastor Merrill, the cry of Pastor Jonathan. Father, it's our cry. Bring them in and let us love them into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. What a powerful word this morning on one of the greatest gifts that we have as believers. I'm just going to invite you to um, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just love what uh, Paul says in, in Romans, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. You've been set free. And today, if you want that forgiveness, if that's something that, that you've heard about, you really want it, but you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you can do that today. I'm going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me, and we're just going to believe that God does something in your life. He forgives you of all your sins and sets you free today. If you want to be set free, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. To come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you. I want to trust and follow you. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We are set free this morning. Amen. We are set free. There's forgiveness. I love that message of God. And when you know that you've been forgiven, you can forgive others. When you know that God loves you, you can love others as well. I want you to know today that God loves you. And you can walk in his forgiveness. If you did accept Jesus as your Savior, we're just going to put the uh, packets down front here. Again, a Bible. And uh, I like what Pastor Fred said, miracle grow tells you more about the Christian life, and we have some in the lobby as well at the information table. We want you to take one before you go today so that you know that you've been set free by Jesus Christ and how to walk with him. Would you receive the blessing of the Lord as we go this morning? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing. God, I thank you for that part of the blessing that you smile every time you look at us. And God, you do that because we're forgiven. And God, I thank you that you love us so much. 
that you wash down over us with that blessing, that protection, that forgiveness, that peace, that favor. And God, that is with us all week long. God, I pray that you would keep us safe and keep us strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been good to be in the presence of the Lord. If you'd like to spend a little more time with God, you're more than welcome to do that this morning. If you need special prayer, we'll be down front to pray with you. Otherwise, go in the forgiveness of God and fellowship with one another as you go. But God bless you this morning.